Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain TXB and today is the 25th of October 2022 and we have just few days away from the month of October. Now I was really hoping that the last quarter of 2022 does change the trajectory of the global cryptocurrency market but unfortunately looks like we are definitely not heading in the bullish direction and historically October has been a relatively good month for Bitcoin and cryptocurrency market but 2022 is definitely not turning out to be the best year for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Now in today's episode, we are going to be talking about a massive news from England and that is UK has a new Prime Minister that is Rishi Sonak. Now he's a massive advocate of Bitcoin, open source, cryptocurrencies and stablecoins in particular. And earlier in the month of April, he did set out a plan to make UK a global crypto asset technology. So we'll be talking about that and we'll be talking about if Bitcoin is a political and which side of political party are in favor of Bitcoin, freedom of speech and open source technology. And in today's episode, we're also going to be talking about a blockchain protocol all the way from Singapore and the project is called Clayton and they are relatively up in the bearish market. They are up by well over 13% since the last 24 hours. So I'm very briefly going to talk about what Clayton is. It is apparently claiming to be a metaverse blockchain for all. So we'll be exploring the good and the negative sides of these protocols. And with World Cup soccer coming up, there's a massive news from Lionel Messi and looks like he's a brand ambassador for a massive cryptocurrency exchange platform. And yesterday guys, I did talk about some technical analysis that I'll be covering today. So today we have two technical information. The first one is by Glassnode. And the second one is some CoinShares. And CoinShares is my favorite one because the information that they provide is relatively easy to understand. And both of the technical analysis, what they tend to look at is last week's performance. And based on that, it does give an indication of what this particular week would be. So we'll be very briefly talking about that. Now regarding UAE, I have two news as well. And both the news is an event that I'm conducting at Blockchain DXB. And the first event takes place on the 11th of November called as Pestel R Analysis. That is political, economical, social, technological, legal, environmental and religious analysis on Bitcoin. And I'm going to be doing a Pestel R Analysis on metaverse, stable coins, central bank digital currencies and quite a lot more. I think it does give a very good macro level analysis of an industry and another event that takes place on the 11th of November is Metaverse and there is so much of hype regarding Metaverse so the event is called as Metaverse, the Hype Reality and New World Order and both the sessions are completely free of cost and in today's episode I'm going to be explaining what are the details in those sessions. So welcome everyone it's Satim here in Dubai and you're listening to Crypto and Coffee at 8 where we cover job news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse and how the series of episodes in the Crypto and Coffee at 8 works is we usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the price of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And this is followed by Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions from the cryptocurrency world. And every Fridays I do have an episode called Metaverse Everything where we solely focus on Metaverse. 
so please check out those episodes as well. And the format for Metaverse Everything podcast is completely different. And guys, what I tend to do is I tend to publish a daily and weekly report via my LinkedIn. So please follow me on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn profile is in the show notes below. Now before we kickstart today's episode, I have an important message. So check this out. Firstly guys, Startup OI is global one tech platform for tech. It offers global high paying tech jobs with flexibility in working time and location, global free tech events and tech networks to connect with global like-minded engineers. A brilliant platform to listen to the tech experts in Metaverse and to grab their insights. Now listen, all you have to do is download the app Startup OI. If you're using an Android version, go to Google Store and App Store for iOS devices. Alternatively, you can also click on the show notes below to download Startup OI. Next, guys, listen, if you're into fitness, if you're into adventure, if you want to do something well but still want to keep your health in check, there is a new podcast in town, a podcast focusing on obstacle course race in the Middle East. The podcast is called Rise in the Obstacle Course Race. And Rise in the Obstacle Course Race podcast is a peer-to-peer community-driven podcast where they talk all about obstacle course race in the Middle East, from Sandstorm to Spartan Race, from Tough Mudder to Desert Warrior Challenge, and also the Government Gov Games, and quite a lot more. The podcast has interviews with athletes locally and internationally to get inside scoop on how athletes prepare for obstacle course race. In the podcast, they also talk about interesting stories on why they are motivated to do obstacle course race. And that's not all. They also plan to release seven NFTs. And these NFTs are no ordinary. These NFTs will represent every emirate in the UAE. And listen, guys, these NFTs are going to be absolutely massive. So do one thing. Go to Spotify. Go to iTunes. Go to any leading podcasting platform and search for Rise in the Obstacle Course Race podcast. And finally, guys, not your keys, not your crypto. If you have dabbled with cryptocurrencies and now are seriously getting to protect your cryptocurrencies, there is no better way to protect it by using a hardware wallet. And this is where Ledger Wallet kicks in. And Ledger Wallets are hardware cryptocurrency wallets made by Ledger, a company headquartered in Paris, France. And Ledger's hardware wallets are multi-currency wallets that are used to store private keys for cryptocurrencies offline. And Ledger offers two hardware wallets, the Ledger Nano and Ledger Nano X wallets. They are world-class experts with extensive crypto security backgrounds. They continuously look for vulnerabilities in Ledger products in a constant effort to improve the level of security. Now, in today's world, securing these digital assets is a critical challenge. And this is where Ledger kicks in. So click the link below to buy your hardware wallet and support this podcast. It is a brilliant way to support this podcast. So what are you waiting for? The link is in the show notes below. Now, since you've taken care of that, let's look at the price of the global cryptocurrency market. Now, unfortunately, October is ending on a relatively lower note and the global cryptocurrency market is down to $931.14 billion. Now, guys, if you're looking at the data at, let's say, Masari, the numbers will be different. If you're looking at CoinGecko, the numbers will be completely different. So what I tend to do is I tend to take a mixture of CoinMarketCap, Masari and CoinGecko. Now the global crypto market is from CoinMarketCap and it is at $931.14 billion. And since the last 24 hours, it is down by 1.26%. The total crypto market volume over the last 24 hours is $55.27 billion. And since the last 24 hours, it is up by 31.83%. The total volume in DeFi is currently down to $2.63 billion. And guys, I really am thinking, is DeFi dead 
what are your thoughts mention them in the comments below now, there are a lot of crap projects a lot of projects that truly don't understand what DeFi is and is that the reason why the volume of DeFi in 2022 has gone down the total value locked is down to 52.03 billion dollars just a reminder guys the total value locked earlier this year on the 3rd of January was 242 billion dollars so it did reach an all-time high earlier this year and looks like it's on the verge of reaching an all-time low this year as well now out of that 52.03 billion dollars make our accounts for 14.92 percent with 7.76 billion dollars locked in make protocol and DeFi accounts for only 4.77% of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. This is a really scary matrix because even on the worst days, DeFi used to account for at least 16-17% to 17 of the total crypto market 24-hour volume. So the big question is, is DeFi dead? Mention your thoughts in the comments below. And are you still using any of the DeFi protocols? It will be really interesting to hear from you guys. Let's look at the volume of stablecoins. It is down to $50.42 billion. And out of the $50.42 billion, Tether USDT accounts for $41.12 billion. And USDC, which is rather on a decline since the past three weeks, is down to $3.04 billion. And Binance USD, which is on an uptrend, is at $5.68 billion. And stablecoin accounts for 91.23% of the total crypto market 24 hour volume and this week guys what i'm going to be doing is i'm also be looking at the top three nft platforms now yesterday we talked about flow and flow is still the top performing nft platform and its market share is down though at 1.53 billion dollars and since the last 24 hours it is down by 2.62 percent apecoin's market share is at 1.38 billion dollars and it is number second and since the last 24 hours, it is also down by 2.56%. Now, surprisingly, guys, the number third platform yesterday, that is Sandbox, is down to number six. And it is down by 3.58% since the last 24 hours. And the market share is at $1.10 billion. So the number third NFT platform, as of 25th of October, is Tezos. And surprisingly, the market share has gone up by $1.23 billion. But since the last 24 hours, the volume is still down and it is down by 1.41%. Now guys, let's look at the market share, 24-hour trading volume and dominance between Bitcoin and Ethereum. Ever since the Ethereum merge, the market share of Ethereum in comparison to Bitcoin has been on a downtrend. As of today, it is at $164.5 billion, whereas Bitcoin's market share is at $371 billion. Just to give you a quick comparison, guys, when Bitcoin was at its all-time high of $69,000, the market share of only Bitcoin was $1.2 trillion. Today, the global cryptocurrency market, that is the market share of all cryptocurrencies combined, is down to $931 billion. Looks like 2022 is definitely not the best year for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. The 24-hour trading volume of Ethereum has gone up in comparison to yesterday. Today, it is at $13.2 billion and Bitcoin's 24-hour trading volume is $30.47 billion. And surprisingly, guys, if you look at the dominance between Bitcoin and Ethereum, it is exactly the same since the last 24 hours. 
Ethereum's dominance is at 17.70% and Bitcoin's dominance is at 39.90%. If you look at the top 5 smart contracting platform, Ethereum's market share is at $164 billion. Binance BNB's market share is $43.73 billion, whereas Cardano is at $12.27 billion. Solana is on a downtrend and its market share is $10.14 billion and Polkadot has also taken a massive hit and Polkadot's market share is at $6.89 billion. Now guys, the massive news that is going on, not just in the cryptocurrency sector, but in the political environment and in England and UK is that they have a new prime minister, that is Rishi Sonak. Now, a lot of the Labour Party members are not happy that Rishi Sonak is the new prime minister, but I think he's an ideal candidate for England and UK. And UK Prime Minister Rishi Sonak is a massive advocate for Bitcoin cryptocurrencies. As a matter of fact, in April of this year, he did set out a plan to make the UK a global crypto asset technology hub and would see stablecoins recognized as a valid form of payment as part of the wider plans to make Britain a global hub for crypto asset technology and investments. And guys, I'm going through my profile via LinkedIn. I do see a lot of people who are working in the fintech sector are really excited that Rishi Sonak is the UK's Prime Minister. Now to digress but to remain on the cryptocurrency topic, when Satoshi Nakamoto did his very first transaction, he had a cryptic message and the cryptic message was to the Chancellor to the Bank of England and looks like more than a decade after his initial message, the Prime Minister is in line or in similar thought process of what probably Satoshi Nakamoto had. What are your thoughts? Mention them in the comments below. And one thing which I often say in my podcast is Bitcoin apolitical. Now the whole idea of Bitcoin is to have separation of money and the state. That eventually might happen maybe a couple of decades from now. And once that thing happens, Bitcoin will solely depend on hashing algorithm, cryptography and mathematics. But until then, politics and politicians do have a massive impact in the trajectory and the future of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. So my question for today is, which side of political party are in favor of Bitcoin, freedom of speech, open source technology and cryptocurrencies in general? In US, are the right-wing politicians in favor or left-wing politicians in favor of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies? Mention your thoughts in the comments below. In UK, are conservatives in favor of Bitcoin, freedom of speech, open source technology or the Labour Party? Now from India, is it the BJP or is it Congress which is the opposing party? Are they in favor of Bitcoin, freedom of speech, open source technology? Mention your thoughts in the comments below. Now I do know the answer to that and if you've been listening to my podcast, there is a clear indication of which side of politics are in favor of Bitcoin, freedom of speech open source technology and making life easier for average individual. Now guys, let's talk about some news all the way from Singapore. And Clayton is a blockchain protocol which has been up since the last 24 hours. It's up by well over 13%. So I thought of just very briefly exploring it. So what is Clayton? It is apparently a metaverse blockchain for all. So in today's podcast, I'm very briefly going to be explaining what Clayton is. Now listen guys, I'm no way an advocate or supporter of Clayton, but I just decided I'll very briefly talk about this. 
Clayton claims to be a public blockchain focused on metaverse, gamify and creator economy and they were officially launched in June of 2019. Now it is the dominant blockchain platform in South Korea and is now undergoing global business expansion from its international base in Singapore. And what they claim as for the website, it is an end-to-end metaverse developer package. But guys, at what cost? And this is the whole question of blockchain trilemma kicks in. You need to always remember, scalability, decentralization and security. Are they compromising in any of these criteria? As for the website, it says that they claim to have one second deterministic finality and Clayton utilizes an optimized version of Istanbul BFT, that is Byzantine Fault Tolerance. And they also have Clayton's data guarantee and they support for Ethereum equivalents, built-in scalability via service chain, $1 billion worth of protocol-level ecosystem fund, and they are a preferred enterprise-level blockchain. And Clayton is also the official blockchain partner for Bank of Korea's Central Bank Digital Currency Project, which is running off a private, modified version of Clayton. All these things being said, the market cap is only at $640 million. The reason why I wanted to talk about this is because one of my favorite podcasters on YouTube called as Crypto RS, he often talks about Clayton quite a lot. Now, I'm no way advocating or saying anything negative about Clayton, but I just thought maybe I'll just try to give some more information. Now, listen, guys, if you do want to get more information about Clayton, what I would recommend you to do is go to coinmarketcap.com. You would see Clayton blockchain protocol. Make sure you click on that link because most likely that will take you to the official link and then you can do your own research. Now, guys, let's talk about some massive news of soccer or football and none other than the GOAT that is Lionel Messi is the brand ambassador for BitGet. And BitGet, which is a leading cryptocurrency exchange, has announced an historical engagement and has teamed up with Lionel Messi to explore the areas of Web3 and football. And the official news was announced by the team via Twitter. And I think it's a perfect move with FIFA World Cup kicking in in Qatar. This does give a lot of mainstream adoption and news. And Lionel Messi is idealized and people often call him the greatest of all time. So definitely massive news. Now guys, let's talk about some technical news. And what happens is every Mondays, Glassnodes, they tend to provide a weekly insight. So guys, let me very briefly talk to you about Glassnodes. Now listen, if you're a technical nerd, I definitely think you need to check these details for yourself because they have a lot of charts and graphs and they also have a paid version which I think is an absolute must. So in this particular episode, I'm just going to give you a very brief summary of what the Glassnode Insight is. And Glassnode Insight states volatility or Bitcoin market compressed to historical lows and the article covers that $1.5 billion overhang of a minor deleveraging, weak on-chain activity, persistent drainage of crypto exchanges, an unwavering holder conviction, so really impactful information in the weekly insight. But one of my favorite is a weekly blog by CoinShares. And CoinShares weekly blog via Medium confirms investors' apathy continues and investment product volumes were only at $758 million, the lowest since October of 2022 and far off the average of $7 billion a week seen this time last year. And the blog also states for Bitcoin, October represents the largest outflow of record 
of $15 million. So looks like last week has not been ideal for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. This is a bit surprising considering the fact that there is midterm elections taking place just in the next few weeks. So I really am not sure what the impact of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies will be immediately after the midterm elections. And one thing guys which I always say, all price predictions are 100% right 50% of the time. Now guys, let's talk about two news regarding UAE. But before we move on to two crypto and blockchain news regarding UAE, I have two news regarding obstacle course race in UAE. The first news is about Spartan Race and they have a massive event in December, the World Championship. And this is the second time they have the World Championship event in Abu Dhabi. And guys, I have a standalone episode with Spartan Race founder Joe Cena talking about Spartan Race NFT. And Sean, who's the chief technology officer, was also in the podcast. And Calvin, who's one of the OGs in the NFT space, was at the podcast as well. So we discussed from a business point of view, why did Spartan Race decide to go ahead and launch its NFT? What were the challenges? And quite a lot more. So please check out those episodes. It is a standalone episode talking more about NFTs and not so much regarding obstacle course race. And the second message is also about obstacle course race and my favorite one that is Tough Mudder. And listen guys, I'm on a mission to do my 100th Tough Mudder. So check both the messages now. The first message is from Spartan. Now Spartan is a global fitness brand with 10 million strong community. They create transformational events, experiences, products and content to help people, companies and team tear down boundaries and expand what they believe to be possible. From day one, nearly two decades ago, They've been champions of human transformation and they live to help people get outside, eat healthy and develop habits that lead to a life of constant progress. With families of brands, they push people from every corner of the globe outside the comfort zone and immerse them in a world of tough fitness and elite sports. Now they do this because you can face and overcome adversity head on and your potential is limitless. Now this year in December, in Abu Dhabi, the land of gazelle, Thousands of athletes and spectators will gather at the metropolis in the desert to compete for Spartan immortality. This is a unique opportunity to watch the world's best obstacle course race athletes compete for world championship and have your group conquer the course themselves. The massive event takes place from the 2nd till the 4th of December this year. Now for Spartan World Championship, the ticket details and registration to the programs are mentioned in the links below. Now, if you are into running, if you are into adventure, and if you are in UAE, you definitely, definitely need to check this out. And the second news, guys, is about Tough Mudder. Now, listen, guys, there are three things that I'm extremely passionate about. All three of them have some kind of similarity. That is heavy metal, Bitcoin, and obstacle course race. Now, we've looked at the premier obstacle course race event, that is Spartan Race, which is taking place between the 2nd and 4th of December. But the next one that I'd like to discuss is Tough Mudder. Now, Tough Mudder is unique, and I did my very first obstacle course race, that was Tough Mudder. And Tough Mudder obstacles are more fun, more adventurous, and it involves a lot of teamwork. And you can also use my promo code, which is George25, for a 25% discount. Now, if you are into running, if you are into adventure, if you are into obstacle course race, you definitely need to sign up for this event. So, go to the website, toughmudderarabia.com, and you can also follow them on Instagram, the Instagram handle, is Tough Mudder Arabia. Now guys, since we've taken care of that, let's talk about two news regarding UAE. And the first news that I'd like to talk about is an event that is taking place on the 11th of November and the event is called Metaverse 
the high priority and new world order. And this event takes place on the 11th of November from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Gulf Standard Time. And listen guys, these sessions are completely free of cost. You can look at more information at eventbrite.com or just drop me an email to info at blockchaindxp.com. Now in this particular episode, I'm just going to give you a very brief of what to expect at the Metaverse Everything session. Now the whole goal of this particular session is to educate the people on Metaverse. So we'll be looking at the hype, the reality and the new world order. So I want you guys to get a basic understanding of Metaverse and its impact and the institution and companies joining on board in Metaverse and we'll be exploring the expectation versus reality of Metaverse. We'll be exploring the hardware and software solutions and we'll also be talking about its limitation. We'll be looking at real-life use cases and in the new world order, will the USA have a competitive edge and what are the steps that a country can take in order to be an early adopter in the Metaverse. So this session is essentially broken down into two parts. In part A, we'll be looking at the history of Metaverse. What exactly is the Metaverse? We'll be exploring the hype of Metaverse. And I'll be exploring, based on my experience, the hardware and the software that is needed in the Metaverse. And in part B, we'll be exploring areas where Metaverse merges with the physical world. And we'll also be discussing some of the news and events surrounding Metaverse. And one thing which I talked about in my Metaverse Everything podcast is I do plan to have a Metaverse podcast in the Metaverse. So I'll very briefly talk about that as well. Now look guys, I don't think blockchain as of now is an ideal merge with the Metaverse. But maybe 5 to 8 years down the line, blockchain platforms may be an ideal use case in the Metaverse. So we'll be discussing some of the top Metaverse platforms. We'll also be looking at what Meta is doing wrong. And we'll also try to take a jab at the things that they're not doing right. We'll be exploring the limitations of Metaverse. What role does NFT play in the Metaverse? And artificial intelligence-enabled NFTs is something which I'm quite keen to talk about. So the session is completely free of cost. And what I might also do is in part C, which I haven't decided yet, I'll also try to discuss areas where Web 3.0 merges with Metaverse because I do feel that there are only selected areas where Web 3.0 merges with Metaverse. So this session will be packed with loads of useful information that you as an individual can definitely gain loads of insights from. And I'm trying to get a couple of other speakers that are CEOs of Metaverse-related projects, startups, and maybe someone from the Metaverse Standards Forum as well. Now guys, let's talk about the second news for today and that is an event which I tend to have every month called as Pestle R Analysis and I'm planning to do a Pestle R Analysis on Metaverse, on central bank digital currencies and on stable coins as well. Now Pestle R Analysis stands for P for Political, E for Economical, S for Social, T for Technological, L for Legal, E for Environmental, are for religious analysis on Bitcoin. Now, if you've done your MBA and if you've done your master's, I'm pretty much sure you're aware of what the terminology stands for. Now, the session, Pestler Analysis on Bitcoin, takes place on the 11th of November, 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. Gulf Standard Time. And once again, guys, you can go to eventbrite.com and look at all the information or you can also drop me an email to info at blockchaindxp.com and Pestler Analysis is a tool that is used to gain a macro picture of an industry. So we explore the political factors, the economical factors, 
the social factors, technological factors, legal factors, environmental factors, and religious factors pertaining to Bitcoin. So what it does is essentially it allows an industry or a company to form an impression of the factors that might impact a new business or an industry. So we'd be breaking down each element regarding Bitcoin at a macro level to get a better understanding of its impact and vice versa. Now these sessions are completely free of cost. And uh, let me give you a very brief of what I'll be discussing so far as the personal hour analysis is concerned. So when you talk about political factors, we'll answer this very brief question. Is Bitcoin apolitical? As a matter of fact, in today's episode itself, we talked about how the new Prime Minister of UK, that is Rishi Sonak, is in favor of Bitcoin. And Bitcoin, remember guys, it started as a movement towards separation of money and the state. So where does politics and politicians impact Bitcoin? And if you have listened to my podcast since a very long time, I've already answered which side of the political party does actually support Bitcoin. Is it the right wing or is it the left wing? Is it the conservatives or is it the Labour Party? Now, the Labour Party has said some really nasty things in UK so far as Bitcoin and open source is concerned. So we'll be exploring and revisiting that. When it comes to economical factors, we will talk about is Bitcoin the biggest global wealth redistribution and can Bitcoin change the dynamics of money? We discuss inflation, exchange rates and quite a lot more. Regarding social factors, we will look at the social impact of Bitcoin and blockchain for generations to come. We'll also explore Bitcoin's usage in first world countries versus underdeveloped countries. Surprisingly, the number of people using Bitcoin in first world country is two times or three times more than people in underdeveloped countries, let's see in Zimbabwe, in Africa or in India. And was that the sole intention? Of creating Bitcoin, so we'll be talking about that. We'll also be talking about a misconception that people have that our millennials or boomers are the ones who use Bitcoin. And to be honest, guys, the answer might be surprising. Regarding technological factors, we'll be discussing the user experience of Bitcoin, and we'll also be talking about the different forks of Bitcoin. And one of the massive upgrades which did happen in Bitcoin recently was the ECDSA. That got changed to Taproot and Snow Signature. But don't worry, guys, I'm going to be explaining this at a very basic and beginner level, so no technical expertise is needed. And we'll be exploring how to look at the latest updates on Bitcoin, often called as BIP or Bitcoin Improvement Proposal. Regarding technological factors, we'll also explore the economies of scale for setting up mining operations. And regarding legal factors, we will be exploring is Bitcoin legal? And where does governance? regulations and legislations fit in and what can governments do to support innovation and Bitcoin adoption. Now regarding environmental factors, we will look at Bitcoin energy consumption. We will also be exploring the whole ESG concern which Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, has started in the industry and what impact that has had on Bitcoin mining. And we'll also be exploring the past, current and the future state of environmental impact on Bitcoin mining and quite a lot more. And regarding religious factors, we will answer this basic question. Is Bitcoin Sharia compliant? And what are the religious factors and commonality in Bitcoin? And how is Bitcoin particularly seen in Middle East and quite a lot more? And these sessions are completely free of cost. And you're more than welcome to attend only the audio version. The audio version will be live via LinkedIn, 
via live via Twitter and most likely via local podcasting app called Angami. And I'll also try to do it live via my favorite live app that is Podbean as well. So that's all for today guys on the Crypto and Coffee Update from Blockchain DXB. In case if you guys have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxb.com and check out my website that is www.blockchaindxb.com and check out my other website that is area2071.com that talks everything about Metaverse. And if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a 5-star rating and share the word across. Now for the next few minutes, it's going to be an Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. So let's kick start with the Ask Me Anything series. Hey everyone, it's George from Blockchain DXB. You're listening to the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And remember, Monday to Thursdays, 8am to 8.30am, we have Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And this is followed by two news and information related to Dubai, UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, Blockchain, Beyond Blockchain, Cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And what you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series, where you listeners can ask any questions from the cryptocurrency world. And I have a question by Angela who asks, why do you keep saying DeFi is dead? Now Angela, the reason why I'm saying that DeFi is dead, or why I think DeFi is dead, is because if you look at the volume of DeFi, it is ridiculously low. Now I do understand the fact that we are in a bearish market, but despite being in a bearish market, if you look at the volume in DeFi, it is ridiculously low. The 24-hour trading volume of DeFi is in single-digit numbers. This is definitely not ideal. And now what used to happen is, you know, Angela, in 2020 and 2021, when I used to look at the DeFi volume, I'm talking about the 24-hour trading volume. On its worst day, the 24-hour trading volume used to hover somewhere between $12 billion to $16 billion. Fast forward to 2022. The number used to be in single digits. Now, when I'm talking about single digits, I used to talk about the upper end, that is $8 billion or $9 billion in the last 24 hours. But lately, and I'm talking about since the last quarter, the numbers has been going down to $3 billion, $2 billion. As a matter of fact, I think it was yesterday's episode where I tried to look at information and I'll immediately after two hours, the number pumped up. But before that, the number was at $1.83 billion. So what I'm talking about, Angela, is the total volume in DeFi across the entire world was less than $2 billion. That is a ridiculously, ridiculously low volume. If you look at the volume that is going on in the Forex exchange world, it is nowhere even close. I think they're talking about trillions of dollars in the 24 hours in DeFi is idly competing with them. If you were to compare it with Forex, the number is ridiculously, ridiculously small. As a matter of fact, even today, if you look at the numbers, it is down to $2.63 billion. And Angela, the other reason why I was questioning is DeFi debt is because when I do interviews 
with some of the key people in the DeFi sector, they don't tend to look at the volume of DeFi. And uh, one of the speakers who I did interview recently, he actually thought that the volume of DeFi was in 50 or 60 billion dollars on a 24-hour basis. And I had to tell him that, you know, the total volume of DeFi across all the platforms has never been over 20 billion dollars. And he was also a bit surprised. And then we looked at the data together. The total volume in DeFi across all the platforms very rarely has cost $20 billion. Now, will that change over time? I'm definitely hoping so. But then if you look at it, the other side, isn't Bitcoin also considered to be a DeFi? Because at the end of the day, Bitcoin is decentralized finance as well. If you look at Ethereum, Ethereum is decentralized finance as well. But the biggest question to me is when you talk about DeFi protocols or lending protocols, a lot of them, I would say most of them, are not even decentralized. And I hate to say this, Angela, a lot of these startups are not even aware of what they're building upon. The big question when you talk about DeFi, where does the interest rate comes from? So when they're offering, let's say, staking awards, and when, they, when they're offering, let's say, staking rewards, and when they're offering high interest, the very simple and basic question, Angela, is where does the interest come from? So, you know, that is a massive question. And one thing which Gary Gensler has been saying that a lot of the DeFi projects and protocols are acting as a bank. So, I don't see any use case of DeFi protocols as such. And MakerDAO, which is often called as the Boomer DAO in the DeFi sector, looks like it is making a comeback because it does often have a lot of trading volumes. And if you look at stable coins, you know, the volume of stable coins used to be ridiculously high. Now, stable coins are technically DeFi as well. One thing which is worrisome is the algorithmically backed stable coins. There has been a drastic decline in algorithmic stable coins. Now, granted that because you're in a bearish market, that is the reason why it is. But even then, the volume which has hit the most of all is DeFi. And unfortunately, Angela, this is nothing to do with uh, Terra Luna. The numbers were bad even before Terra Luna as well. So that's one of the reasons why I feel that DeFi is dead. But is it possible that they're going to be making a comeback? I really am not sure because in the next few months and years, it's going to be central bank digital currencies. And I was just reading an article earlier that is talking about a central bank digital currencies which are going to create stable coins that are going to be backed by central bank digital currencies. And the central bank digital currencies most likely will be having smart contracting platforms. So you can essentially have smart contracts built on central bank digital currencies as well. So it's going to be a really tough and interesting period for DeFi protocols. So that's all for today, guys, from the Ask Me Anything series on Blockchain DXP. In case you guys have any feedback or suggestions, please drop me an email to info at blockchaindxp.com and check out my website that is www.blockchaindxp.com. You guys also check out my other website that is area2071.com that talks everything about Metaverse. And if you like listening to this podcast, please click on the follow button, give it a 5 star rating and share the word across. And remember guys, Monday to Thursdays, 8am to 8.30am, we have Crypto and Coffee at 8, where we cover top news and information pertaining to Bitcoin, Blockchain, beyond Blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse and have the series of episodes into Crypto and Coffee at 8 works. We usually cover some top news and information pertaining to the power of cryptocurrencies, some major breaking news, occasionally short and sweet news as well, news that has an impact in the cryptocurrency world. The other two news and information is related to Dubai, 
UAE and Middle East in the world of Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. And what you're listening to right now is the Ask Me Anything series where you listeners can ask any questions regarding Bitcoin, blockchain, beyond blockchain, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, DeFi and Metaverse. Thanks so much for listening guys and have a great one ahead. Bye-bye.